So Nikola Jokic gets get another shout out from an NBA player. We're going to talk about that, what that might mean for his standing in the league. We got to get into Jamal Murray making his return yet again tomorrow versus the Clippers. How that's going to change the rotation. What can you expect? And we're also going to de- do a pregame preview of the Clippers, Nuggets, and we're going to talk about it with my boy, Ryan Blackburn, here on Locked On Nuggets. You are Locked On Nuggets, your daily Denver Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Locked On Nuggets. This is your host, Swiper, we are so thankful to be here with you, your team, every day. And as you can see, I'm not by myself. I got my friend, my brother, my comrade, Mr. Ryan Blackburn himself, Mile High Sports. Ryan, how you doing today? Thanks for coming on the show, Brody. I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on, Swiper. It's like we never do this. We uh, we only ever <laughs> do it on the other side of things. Now, now you gotta get me converting over to the to the locked on Nuggets zone. But I appreciate you having me, man. No, yeah, y'all want to use my dog, man. So, look, if y'all are not following Ryan Blackburn, make sure y'all tap in. By far, one of the best writers you're going to know of. Covers the Denver Nuggets passionately from Denver. He is a fan through and through. And just the other day, declared his love for Nikola Jokic. So, again, if you want somebody you know who's going to cover your team the right way, Ryan Blackburn is the man to point to. Oh, my God. Thank you very much. No, I had to I had to go on that Jokic soliloquy to right some wrongs a little bit. So, it was, uh, it was nice for you to let me ISO there. All right. <laughs> So let's go ahead and get into it, y'all. So if you didn't see, y'all, you can go to my Twitter, go to Swipe a Cam on Twitter. You can also look this up on The Ringer. Look up Austin Rivers, Nikola Jokic. Austin Rivers, on a show that he does uh, with The Ringer, had some really interesting words to say about Nikola Jokic, Ryan. He basically came out and said that he thinks that the gap between Joker and the rest of the league is basically the gap that LeBron James had at his apex compared to everybody else. He talks about this should be his fourth straight MVP season. They should go ahead and mail him the award right now. They just talk about how incredible it is that there's a single player in the NBA leading the NBA in points, rebounds, and assists at any point in time. And we saw it. The Denver Nuggets put it out the other day. ESPN put it out the other day. That's the stat of the year so far right now, that Joker is the only person through early December to lead the NBA in all three of those categories at one point in time. So when you think about this, Ryan, you think about how – important of a moment this is given how well he's played and seemingly how the culture around joker is seemingly changing the conversation changing people's perspective is changing what do you think this means for where he is right now and maybe even his legacy and in the short-term future in his prime well it's, it's very clear based off of the reaction that everybody's had to his first 20 21 games or so that he is like so far above beyond everybody's MVP takes so far this year. Like he is on another level statistically, on another level with his dominance and his mentality. And that has shown through throughout Denver's first 21 games, even without Jamal Murray for the vast majority of the time, Denver has survived. They've played just as well as you would hope many other top teams in the NBA would. And they're in a great position right now in the standings, despite the fact that they don't have their second best players. So Jokic is at the center of everything there. He is so far clear of that MVP conversation for those reasons. Like he, I just did a a show with Matt Moore, who you guys probably know well uh, on this podcast. And we talked about MVP. If there was a tier, like Jokic is in the tier by himself. We each had 
uh, Joel Embiid and Shea Gilgis Alexander kind of in the top three with him. But I think both of us were like, there's no, like, un- unless Joker does something different from what he's doing right now, there's no reason for him to not win MVP at this point. He has been unbelievable. Yeah. So, and I think, too, uh, one of the things about him that's changed the most, you know, his shot profile has gone up, meaning that he's taken more shots, he's taken more threes than he ever has. His free throw weight is also steadily increasing, even though he's not necessarily converting them at the rate that I think even he would like. Uh, the three-point consistency is also not there yet. But if you had to point to something that's maybe different about his game right now from maybe even last year, and do you also think, too, because this is my theory, Ryan, like when I've been watching Joker this year and watching how the Nuggets have kind of construed their their lineups and their play after him, it feels as if Joker has like really just leaned into kind of who he became through the playoffs. And it's not like it's not something that I think is nothing. It's like a bad thing or detriment. But Joker has seemingly just not been able to turn off that he can basically do whatever he wants, whenever he wants to whoever. He wants. And really, right now, if you just kind of listen to the noise around the league, it's like, look, Rudy Gobert, Bam Adebayo, Anthony Davis, look, you're not going to stop him, but we want to make him work as much as possible. And also, you want to also see if you can stack up those non Joker minutes. Because honestly, I was saying this too, Ryan, watching the league, when I hear watching Giannis or Embiid or even Shea or Steph or Luca, Luca gets a lot of this too, but not in the same degree. Right now, it seems like a lot of people's focus is. Whatever we can do to maximize those minutes, Joker is not on the court, then we need to do that. And we got to sell out some of our lineups by having our star, De'Aaron Fox, in the Kings game, or Zion Williamson in the Pelicans game, or LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the Lakers game. His teams are seemingly just kind of conceding that we are more than likely not going to be able to beat you when Joker's on the court, so we're just kind of piling up. So for me, what do you feel like this big transition has been from where Joker was last year in the regular season, you know, 20, 25, 12 and 10, and then a 70% true shooting to where he is now, which is like 29, 13, and 10 uh, on 63 true shooting. What do you think the biggest change is? I think he's demanding the basketball more. That's the one thing that you, you look at the profiles. He's leading the league in touches per game, just like he usually does, but it's at a higher degree than I think he's ever done it before. And right. he just keeps demanding the ball. And I, it's not just to score. It is to pass as well. It's to facilitate the offense. It is to get Denver into their next action, whatever that is. That might be an ISO. That might be an ISO. That might be a pick and roll. It might be a DHL. Yeah. It might be a post up. But whatever it is, Joker is taking it upon himself right now to lead the decision making, to lead the uh, thought process of whatever the Nuggets are doing, and pushing that faster and faster and faster in the half court, so that he, you get more touches, you get more offensive rebounds, you get more possessions out of it in the half court and you maximize those possessions when you get them. Uh, I think that that has helped his numbers. It's reduced the efficiency a little bit because he is shouldering a heavier burden. But I do think that it like with the ball in his hands, it might be a little bit different than sharing with Jokic and Murray, because when those two kind of play that two man dance, I think it's the most efficient brand that they're going to get. But even with it's when it's just Joker, probably better that it's just Joker than like, Aaron Gordon post-ups or Michael Porter ISOs or things like that. So the way the Joker is doing this, facilitating all of that as fast as he possibly can, as many times as he possibly can, he has taken ownership of it and it's led to great results. Yeah. You know, we're going to talk about this more in the next segment because I think Jamal Murray coming back, 
I think this also coincides with there is real win streak possibilities for the Nuggets now if he's able to stay in the lineup. And given the fact they have two games this week, two. So, two. like, this is a great time for them to really load up on this. And so I think for me, man, it's like when I – the way that Joker is playing, and it's kind of like I said, bro, like you just kind of got to sit and you just got to enjoy, like, what you're watching. Uh, the fact of the matter is you don't know when you're going to witness something like this again. You know, we saw it coming with Jordan and we saw it coming with LeBron. Uh, but right now, man, it's just the way that even teams are having to fix their, their lineup construction, their coaching. You know, you're hearing coaches just concede that, like, you know, you're going to do your best to hold them down. But at the end of the day, like when Fred Van Fleet, when they played versus the Rockets that one time, you know, he said Shin Goon did a great job guarding him. And then Jokic had 36, 21, and 11 or whatever else it might have been. That is that to me is the most LeBron-esque thing that you could possibly say is this is a player that everybody's trying to hold down. They're trying to limit. They're trying to make it tougher, make it less less likely and less comfortable for him that he actually gets these scores and these passes off easy. And and they've done that to some degree. Like I was doing some some data work for an article over at Mile High. Like Denver's the least efficient transition offense in the NBA right now. And a lot of the reason for that is they're not getting as many of those hit ahead passes because teams are selling out on that. They're like, oh, crap, Joker's got the ball. We got to get back because we know what he's capable of. So they're trying to make it as hard as they possibly can, forcing Denver into the half court a little bit. Denver's doing it anyway because Joker is that dude. But it has been pretty clear that the message across the NBA so far has been limit that guy, limit that guy over there and, and these other guys we don't believe that they can get it done by themselves. And to some degree that's true, but the way that Denver plays Joker still kind of makes it happen anyway. To close out this segment, Ryan, do you see Joker slowing down? And I don't mean slowing down. Like, you know, Murray comes back, maybe the numbers take a little bit of a dip, but do you see Joker slowing down in terms of having his like a grip on this best in the world conversation, or even just this, this idea that he's just the most, indomitable player in the NBA. Do you see any of that changing at all this year? Not really. Like, I don't see any reason why it would. I, I think he is addicted to the process. I think he's addicted mm-hmm. to the concept of winning and dominating and being the best that he can be. And he likes to continue to push himself. He has continued to push himself. He loves that. And it is so clear to me that as he continues to push higher and higher on this, that the rest of the NBA is watching that and thinking, man, if only he could just slow down, if only he could just stop, if only he could go the other direction. Uh, I don't think he stops doing this until he's 31 or 32 in terms of getting better. Yeah. Well, hey, as somebody who's over that age at 33, bro, I'll tell you, you keep going up from there. But, y'all, that's going to do it for segment one. Segment two, uh, Ryan, we got to talk about Jamal Murray's return. What is this going to mean for the lineups? that the Denver Nuggets are going to be running. There's some players that are in rotation right now that we got to talk about if that's going to change for them at all. But, y'all, we'll be back here on Locked On Nuggets for segment two. So, y'all, right now with FanDuel, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Now, if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time than to get in on the action. Yo, there was a crazy game last week with the 49ers and the Eagles. You could have took the money line on that for the Eagles, uh, for the for the 49ers. You had the Broncos game. The Broncos were a 
basically a plus 3.5 in that game. They ended up not being able to cover. The Texans did. Uh, there are some great future bets. Brock Purdy MVP, Jalen Hurts MVP. For me, I'm feeling like Tyreek Hill might be the sleeper MVP vote that you might want to consider getting on the action. But the app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. Yeah. And we are back for segment two of Locked On Nuggets. This is your host, Swiper, with a special guest, the one and only Ryan Blackburn. And this has been a really interesting year because, you know, I think we have missed Jamal Murray for 14 games this year, I believe, if I have that number correct, which means he is basically, what is that, just a few more games and he's not going to qualify for the All-NBA team. So all this has kind of come out of nowhere, obviously dealing with the ankle injury, dealing with the hamstring injury. But the good news is, is when he comes back, he'll be 100% ready to go because the Nuggets have been extra careful with managing those minutes. So Jamal Murray comes back versus the Clippers. Reggie Jackson has been playing really well. There's Christian Brown, Julian Strother, Zeke Naji, Peyton Watson. That's five. And then there's Justin Holliday. But Justin Holliday, he's been starting when Aaron Gordon has been down. He's looked pretty good. Matter of fact, offensively, the Nuggets have been a little bit better since Justin Holliday has taken over some of those reps because AG obviously is not converting a lot of his looks. So the, the Nuggets are going to be an interesting situation because I think Jamal coming back, solidifying the best starting five in basketball is really important. But then the bench unit, Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan, we kind of talked about that. Like that might be end up being the fulcrum of what they're trying to do. But on the other end of this, what happens with Justin Holliday? What happens with Julian Strother? Like Christian Brown is definitely a lock. Reggie Jackson is definitely a lock. How do you feel that Jamal Murray coming back is going to impact the Denver Nuggets as a whole and even with their bench rotation a little bit? Yeah, I've, I've thought about this a lot just in terms of what it looks like when he ultimately returns, which veterans should Denver count on with their bench unit versus which young players they should be playing. Uh, doing some data work, the Zeke Naji minutes have not been it. Like that's just, yeah. that's probably where we have to start on cuts. Uh, Zeke is not going to play, I don't think. He has, like, the, the lineups just haven't been good. He hasn't been able to find a way to impact the game in a positive way while he's out there, or the Nuggets just haven't been able to win those minutes in any way. And I think that they can win the minutes when DeAndre Jordan's out there, if only because I think the lineups make more sense. I think the process makes more sense with yeah. that group. So you're going to get, that ultimate starting five, Jamal Murray is going to be out there. I don't think he's going to stagger. I think that he will probably stay with those starting group, with that starting group at the beginning, maybe play 25 to 30 minutes a game. And then as he gets healthier, maybe he'll start staggering again down the line. But for now, I think Denver probably plays a five-man bench unit, and it probably looks something like Reggie Jackson at the one, DeAndre Jordan at the five. And then you pick and choose three wings that are playing pretty well. My money's on Christian Brown, Justin Holiday, and uh, Peyton Watson. Yeah, that's tough. So what does that mean for Julian Strother? Because, again, he's had some good moments the last few games, really the last couple of weeks. Obviously, started off with that Pelicans game. We had 21 points on 5 and 9 from 3. Peyton Watson had some really good minutes. You know, he's had some not-so-great times, but then had some really good games. And then, obviously, Christian Brown with Reggie Jackson. And, again, I think the thing is, is right now, if you look at the Nuggets schedule, they have the Clippers, the Rockets, the Hawks, the Bulls, and the Nets. 
Right. That's five straight games where they're going to be favorited, basically, in all of those games. I believe they're a minus one uh, tomorrow night versus the Clippers. So there's a real opportunity for the Nuggets to stack some real wins and to put themselves in position to be contending for that first seed again because the Wolves are obviously playing super well right now. Uh, but on top of that, they even get some more separation between them and the rest of the West outside of the Wolves. Right now, the Nuggets are tied with the Thunder. They have one more win than the Thunder and one more loss than the Thunder. They're tied two games back from first. The Wolves are 15-4. and four, The Nuggets are 14-7. and seven. And like I said, their next five games, Clippers, Rockets, Hawks, Bulls, Nets, they're going to have two of those games at, at home and three of those games on the road. And then right after that, they're going to have the Thunder at home and the Mavericks at home. So really, there's a window for them to really try to go after some team success over the next couple of weeks. And I think one of the things is, Ryan, when I've been watching like some of the net rating swings for the Nuggets, because right now I think on dunks and threes, I think they might have the fourth best net rating in the league. Um, I think behind this, the Celtics, the Wolves, the 76ers, and I think it's them. Right. But a lot of that obviously is without Jamal. And then I think some of this also has included the fact that Aaron Gordon just hasn't been converting per usual with how he's been shooting. So when you look at the, 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 the roster coming back together and you look at the schedule, do you predict and think that the Nuggets might have like a nice, really solid win streak or maybe even elongated stretch of games where they're winning a great majority of those games? I do. And I think it's going to come down to, look, I don't think it's going to be like this massive eight, nine, 10 game winning streak or anything like that. Now that may happen. That may, that may ultimately come to pass, but Denver, I, I think we saw it at the beginning of the year, Denver, won their first four games, and then they went into Minnesota and laid an egg. They weren't Mm -hmm. great in that fifth game. Then they won their next four games, and then they laid an egg in Houston and and weren't as great in that game. So they are capable of bringing probably three or four wins in a row. I'm not sure if they're capable of going on those long, long win streaks because they've got some young guys that they'll lose focus, and and then the veterans get bored. So like I, I can understand in some of those situations where, okay, you can get to a three or four game winning streak and that's fine. Like, for example, I, I do not predict that they beat the Hawks. Like, do you like in Atlanta? That's, that's a tough one. Despite the fact that, Hey, you get two days off and like, they just never win in Atlanta. They never win in Orlando. They never win in Atlanta. That's just a, a general thing for this team. And that's, that's win, kind of a tough one. had 47 in Orlando, uh, in Atlanta, like maybe 2018, 19, 19, 20. Do you know if they won that game or not? I think they lost. Oh man, that's a tough one. That was the Jamal Murray to uh, Will Barton uh, alley oop game too. Oh man, that's that takes me back. Holy cow, I blocked that out of my head. Um, no, it's. I mean, Eric, they're certainly capable of doing it. Like, there's, there's no doubt that they should win some of those. But exactly, they, like, two days off in Atlanta. Yeah, is that, is that what you're concerned with, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, you already know I'd be hitting up the clubs too. So it's, it's all good. <laughs> Uh, no, it's, it's all good. I, I think, uh, I think outside of that one, I look at that stretch and I think, man, Denver, as long as their defense is relatively straightforward, as long as everybody's on the same page and right. they don't like have guys going in and out of the rotation, they'll be okay. Like they're, they're going to win a lot of these games. Joker, we've, we've talked about the level that he's getting to. He'll be driving that bus as, as much as he can. And then Jamal, like he stabilizes a lot of what they need on both the offensive and defensive end. Yeah, um, that's the thing, too. I think their defense, strangely enough, is going to improve, too, with Jamal coming back. And I think some of that is, like, they're just going to have a little bit more offensive pop with the bench. I think more energy 
to spend on the defensive end as well. And I do think that obviously he offers a lot with his size. He's a bigger and even better defender than Reggie Jackson is. And so I hope, hope that that really happens, that they're able to get a little bit of boost on the defensive end. The offense, I mean, they've come down a little bit, but they really have still been able to maintain a pretty high level. But it's just defensively, the communication and the zest and the zeal hasn't quite been there. But I think, Ryan, for me, I actually think the Hawks is a winnable game, given how the Hawks are currently situated. Obviously, Big O, Clint Capella, you know, they got uh, DeJounte, they got Trey, uh, they got DeAndre Hunter. I mean, they got like a nice set of roster, like a nice roster. But I do think that they can win that game. I think the Rockets can be at home. I think they can beat the Clippers on the road tomorrow. I think beating the Rockets at home. I think beating the Hawks. And then, then you're getting into the Bulls and the Nets and how you figure they're going to play in Chicago and then play in New Jersey. So uh, I think there's a little streak for them coming, but I think some of this is going to have the, the – like the same as the Houston game when Jamal first came back, they just had like a little bit of an accelerant. Like they were just happy. They were just full of energy because they were glad that their second-best player was back in the lineup. They just felt a little bit more complete. He helps them. There's there's no doubt about it. And, it, and like from a veteran standpoint, like – we just went through the rotation. If I think that Julian Strother is going to get his minutes cut in this situation, that that means, okay, Jamal Murray is taking over Julian Strother's minutes, like just like within right. the rotation. And that's just going to help them. Like I, I know that Strother has been good. He is still a rookie though, and he makes rookie mistakes. And that's right. kind of where, where you get some of that veteran leadership coming in and, and directing them and making sure that everything's uh, going in the same direction. Right. Well, y'all, that's going to do it for segment two. We'll be back here for segment three. We're going to give a little highlight. We're going to talk about the preview for the Nuggets Clippers, another Nuggets Clippers game. Uh, that should be a lot of fun because, again, they're trying to figure it out with James Harden. They're coming together a little bit. Uh, we'll be right back for segment three here on Locked On Nuggets. All right, Ryan, let me ask you a question. Mm. Do you have a favorite comedian or artist or anybody that you would like to see a live show of, who that might be? Oh man, there's there's a lot of different ones. I could go, I could name several different ones, but I would probably go Taylor Tomlinson right now. I think she's hilarious, man. <laughs> okay, so Taylor Tomlinson. So one of the great things, Ryan, about game time is that you literally don't have to worry about frustration for buying a ticket or trying to find last minute deals or last minute prices or anything like that. Because all you got to do, Ryan, you can just browse through the game time app. You can literally just look up an upcoming Taylor event in Denver or in a place near you. You can find the ticket. You can see the seating. And you can even see the best price available. And within seconds, you can get the best ticket that you can get. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Again, make sure. LOCKEDONNBA, L-O-C. K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So we're back. Final segment here at Locked On Nuggets. And I actually can't wait to tap into this because you know what? Because of the game time, I'm going to try to get me a nice concert coming up here in Denver and Atlanta. So y'all know what I like. I definitely want to go see Bill Burr. Bill Burr is going to be in, at, I think he's going to be in Denver here, I think next year, 2024. That's my guy. That's my personal yeah. guy. That would, I mean, that's a good one too. I, I, what, the guys that came to mind for me were Bill Burr, John Delaney, and Taylor Tomlinson. I thought, you know what? Taylor Tomlinson's a one that's a little bit off the track, but like she's, <laughs> she's hilarious, man. <laughs> All right, Ryan, let's tap into this 
matchup that we have coming up. It feels like we haven't had basketball for a while. Well, because we haven't had basketball for a while. This is the Nuggets' third straight day off. And if any team needed a break, the Nuggets did. They played 21 games. I think them, maybe one other team, had that many games to start off this year. They had a really condensed schedule. So hopefully this is going to give them a lot of energy to get ready for the game. But right now, uh, the Nuggets are a minus one point favorite in Clipperland. And they're also, this is going to be an 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time game. This is going to be an ESPN game. So another nationally televised game. I think this, including NBA TV, this might be four straight, I want to say, for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, right now, Jamal Murray is a game time decision with his ankle. Again, looks like he is going to end up playing. So you're going to have Gordon. You're going to have Porter. You're going to have Murray. You're going to have KCP. You're going to have Jokic. And then you're going to have the host of the bench players. So when you think about tomorrow night's game versus the Clippers, how do you expect that going? Are there any matchups that you're looking at in particular? Well, first and foremost, just being in practice today, Jamal Murray joking around with the other starters post-game or post-practice. We didn't really see any live stuff with him. He, he went through parts of practice today. They didn't do any live drills. Uh, but Malone said that they'd see how he'd feel. And if he feels good, and I assume that he will, like I, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't play, um, then that's, I think, where it kind of kicks off. It's Jamal Murray versus James Harden, Paul George, Terrence Mann. Like I, I'm not sure who who the matchup would be there because the Clippers are so kind of uh, they're they're an amoeba on on their perimeter, uh, but I do think that if he can get into the offense and continue to set up Joker in the pick and roll, like the Clippers have no answer for that. They just don't. Right. That's that's one of the things you really saw with Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan was that they have no ability to stop at the point of attack because Terrence Mann, as good of a defender as he is, he isn't in that elite tier. He's nowhere close, and if he's a Zubac is like. He's fine. He is a solid starting center. He is right. not a good starting center. There are some things that he does well as a rim protector, but like, is it going to impact the game in the floater zone? No, that's where Joker's going to live. So right. there's plenty of reasons to believe that Denver can really take this thing over the top with those guys in tow. Uh, and as long as Murray's out there, I think that would be great. If he's not out there, then you're still going to get Reggie Jackson and Nicole Jokic, and we just saw what Reggie could do. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, the Clippers, they're three and two. Uh, in their last five, they have that win, that crazy comeback versus the Warriors. Uh, they have the win versus the Kings, 131-117. They did lose to the Warriors, uh, and they also have that loss to the Nuggets. Uh, that game just happened. That's crazy. I remember that. I remember that game special. <laughs> uh, and then you have the Dallas Mavericks uh, that they ended up beating. So, again, the Clippers are starting to figure it out a little bit just because I think, like, James Harden coming into the lineup, putting Russell Westbrook on the bench, Figuring out the rotation. Now, Russ, to some of the dismay for some Russ fans, and even I think for the Clippers a little bit, uh, hasn't been getting a lot of time. And they're really trying to figure out a way to get their POA defense to get better. Uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard just simply aren't getting the job done on the perimeter right now. They're continuing to hope Terrence Mann can bloom into that. Then you got James Harden, Ibiga Zubak, PJ Tucker has kind of been a no show offensively, hasn't been getting a lot of time as well. He's getting DNPs now. Like that's that's right. one thing I actually on on the alley oop with Ryan Blackburn. Uh, actually, just uh, just had a conversation with uh, Robert Plum, who covers the Clippers over there, and he was talking about Kobe Brown as replacing PJ Tucker within the rotation, and them adding Daniel Tice and getting a little bit yeah. bigger. The Clippers, outside of when they play the Nuggets, have been better. Like they they right. just simply have been. Like all the numbers say that they've been better. Their starting lineup has been good. 
And yet when they face Denver, it feels like they collapse into a wormhole. So I'm not sure what it is about that matchup. It just feels like it's probably a mental thing at this point with those teams. But I mean, as long as Denver plays their game, there's no reason why they can't win it. How do you expect Denver to come out? You know, what energy do you expect them to lead with? Because when, again, when Murray was playing early in the season, they were six and one, they were coming out smacking. They were. I mean, you know, maybe the Memphis game is the only one that you could look at that they didn't have like the most energy on both ends, but they were looking really good on both ends. Remember, at one point in time, it feels like ages ago, they were the number six ranked defense and they were number the five ranked offense for a while. And they were cooking and they got all at the number four at one point on defense. So as you're thinking about this game, because if Murray does come back or even if Reddy Jackson has to start, do you think, especially becoming off the loss to the Kings, that you can expect that the Nuggets are going to come out wanting to maybe set the tone really early to get the game kind of on their end? It's a good question. I, I wonder if there's too much time between those two games in order for them to really feel like, oh, man, we really have to make up for this last loss because it was the fifth game in seven nights and they're playing in right. Sacramento, which is a really tough place to play. Uh, that, that I think, could kind of fight against that. And also... We what we saw from the starting group was that they really came out firing at home, but then on the road they they kind of struggled. Whether it was at Memphis, uh, they didn't struggle in OKC. That's a that's a notable one for sure. They they killed OKC. Yeah, uh, but they really struggled against Minnesota as well. So I, I wonder if a team that is motivated to defeat them, if they like, if let's say the Clippers, they come out with a lot of energy. I don't think that they will. But if they did then I wonder if Denver was like, ah, you know, it's a regular season game. That's fine. Or if they rise to that level and they're like, you know what? No, we own you. That is how we do this. That's what we're going to do. We're going to continue owning you and we are going to continue to show it. Uh, I wonder if that's the reaction that we'll get instead of the the other. Well, what's interesting is the Nuggets haven't shown any quit. I mean, really, maybe the Minnesota game, they really have tried to come back in every game. The Pelicans game, they were down 20 the second time. They came back. Just couldn't close it out. And then this last game, um, obviously, that they had versus the Kings. They were down 17. Again, right the night of a back-to-back, the Kings had a three-day breast advantage. It didn't matter. The Nuggets still came out and tried to win the game outside of really two bad stretches they had uh, when Jokic first went out and then when Jokic went out again and some of the DJ errors and stuff that he had. So I'm really excited. If I had to do a game score prediction, ESPN, 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Nuggets Clippers, I'm going to go with 1-11. To 105, my final score prediction. 111 to 105. What's your final score prediction, Ron? I I will go 115 to 107. Uh, it'll be a little bit of a higher scoring game. These teams are not really going to be able to stop each other, I don't think. Even though the Clippers have a pretty good defense, even though the Nuggets, when they want to lock in, they play good defense. I think the Clippers will be motivated and will try to get as many points on the board as possible. They'll be up in this game pretty early. But I have no doubt that Denver, especially in that third quarter, that fourth quarter, they're going to turn on those Jets for sure. Right. Well, y'all, that's going to do it for Locked On Nuggets. Shout out to my boy, Ryan Blackburn. You can follow him at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Again, Mile High Sports, appreciate all the work. Appreciate you coming on today. Make sure y'all are liking, sharing, and subscribing the Locked On Nuggets channel. We are growing from here. Make sure you want to get some of your favorite NBA content, Denver Nuggets content. This is the place to be. So make sure you like share, and subscribe. And y'all, I will see y'all on the other side. We out.